we love that. That brings joy to us. That back and forth. That just, you know, that's just what we like. So, you want to play that game? We can play that game. It's cool. You know, it's it's all it's all on in between the lines. Like we're we're competing for something huge. Like so, we're not. You know, it's never personal. I don't care who I'm talking to. It's just a person right here, and I'm just gonna say what I feel, and I'm gonna do what I feel too. And that's what they're gonna do. And we appreciate. Like you know, if you you bring it and we we on that, that's cool. But you know, what we look for that's what you saw happen. You saw ain't no running in the hill, man. We climb up the chimney. Yeah, for sure. We ain't ducking no fun, smoke, man. man. We're going to let everybody know we're here. We're going to play hard, trying to get a win. And if you don't like it, oh well. And you might as well bring it, so. You're going to cry what the baby's going to do. I'm done with all that bluffing on the court because them guys do a lot of bluffing, so, you know. I'm from the bluff city, man. We don't do no bluffing, man. Grizz Nation, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the No Bluffing Podcast. And I am your weekly sounding host today, Chris Ingram. Back with the full crew today, man. I'm so excited. Um, got Nicole and Luke, full squad in effect today. So this is going to be a good one, man. How y'all feeling? Feeling good, feeling good. I'm feeling good, man. We got a, got a new Luke on the team. You know, the more Lukes we can have in general, I'm here for that. Especially if they're in a Grizzlies uniform, I'll take it. For sure, for sure. So the news this week is going to be strictly about trades. Um, I wanted to give off every trade scenario that happened in the NBA, which won't take very long. But uh, starting back to January the 5th, when the Celtics traded Noah Vonley to the Spurs for a second round pick. And then January 23rd, the Lakers got um, Rui from the Wizards, and the Wizards got Kendrick Nunn, a 2028 and a 2029 second-round pick. Uh, February the 6th, the Mavericks got Kyrie Irving and Markeith Morris. We all know that one made some noise. Um, the Nets got Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, 2029 first round, and two future seconds. And then the Heat traded Dwayne Dedman to the Spurs for uh, cash considerations with the 2028 second round. Uh, the Kings added Kessler Edwards from the Nets on February the 7th uh, for cash considerations. And the Nets got draft rights to um, David Michonneau. And then we got the Raptors and the Spurs. The Raptors got... I'm so jealous, y'all. They got, uh, I can never say his name right, ever, ever. I like butcher his name, so somebody say it for me. Jakob Pertle. Thank you. <laughs> I got you. Yeah, they got Pertle, and then the Spurs got um, Kaheem Birch, uh, 2024 first round, and two second round picks for 23 and 25. And then the Lakers did a three-way trade with the Wolves and the Jazz. The Lakers got D'Lo, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt. The T-Wolves got Mike Conley, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, a 2024 second round, a 2025, 2025, and a 2026 second round as well. And the Jazz got Russell Westbrook, Juan Toscano-Anderson, Damian Jones, and a 2027 first. That was on February the 9th, which was the last day for the trade deadline. So a lot of these ones will be for the 9th. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
And then uh, the Nuggets did a four-way trade. Um, the Nuggets got Thomas Bryant, and they sent Bone High- Bones Highland to the Clippers. Um, the Lakers got Devon Reed and Mo Bamba from the Magic and a second-round pick. And then the Magic got Patrick Beverly, 2024 second round from Denver, and cash from the Lakers. And then... The Hawks got Bruno Fernando and Garrison Matthews, and the Rockets received Justin Holiday, Frank Kaminsky, and two second-round picks for 24 and 25. And then the Suns got Darius Basley, and the Thunder got Gary Osaric and a 2029 second. These ones really aren't like all that bad. But then here's where it gets interesting because this is actually going to be my uh, second piece of news was the four-way trade between the Pistons, Warriors, Hawks, and Trailblazers. So the Pistons got James Wiseman, the Warriors got back Gary Payton III, and three conditional seconds from Atlanta. The Hawks got Sadiq Bey, and the Trailblazers got Kevin Knox and five future second-round picks. I'm going to come back to that. <laughs> so the Pelicans traded for Josh Richardson for the Spurs, and the Spurs got Devontae Graham, and four second-round picks. <laughs> uh, the Celtics got Mike Muscala, and the Thunder received um, Justin Jackson and two future seconds. And then the three-way trade between the Clippers, Rockets, and Grizzlies. Um, the Clippers got Eric Gordon and three of our future second-round picks. The Rockets got John Wall and Danny Green from us in a protected pick swap from the Clippers. And then we got Luke Kennard. Love that for us. Um, and then there's a few more trades. I just want to touch on the biggest one, which was Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant. This was a 14 deal. It was huge, massive. So I'm going to try to break this down as non-confusing as possible because there was a problem <laughs> with this one trade. So <clears throat> the Suns got Kevin Durant and TJ Warren. The Nets got Mikael Bridges, Cameron Johnson, Juan Pablo, Three first-round picks from Phoenix, a first-round pick swap from Phoenix, second-round pick from Phoenix from Milwaukee, another first from Phoenix, and another second from Milwaukee. The Bucks got Jay Crowder, and then the Pacers out of this deal received George Hill, Sergey Ibaka, and Jordan Nuora, as well as three future second-round picks from Milwaukee and cash considerations from Brooklyn. Now. The thing that I wanted to run back on with that four-way trade um, with the Pistons, Warriors, Hawks, and Trailblazers was that Gary Payton II failed his uh, physical for Golden State. He did have abdominal surgery this past summer during the offseason. He was not fully healed, and it's being reported by multiple reporters in Portland that the Trailblazers were shooting him up with Toradol and making him play through an unhealed surgery. That's the end of my name because that is ridiculous. That is stupid. That is egregious. Why are you making him play through an unhealed surgery? I will never understand. So now we don't even know if he's going to be able to play basketball again this season because they were shooting him up and making him play through an unhealed surgery, basically. They said it was an injury. There's a difference in injury and unhealed surgery. I'm sorry. Yeah, and like, it's just negligence. That's negligence on the organization's part. Like, it, it, I don't know if that's them 
negligence on all fronts. Like, do you think you have a good enough shot with Dame that you're going to rush him back? Like, ugh, that's just gross. And Portland, Portland is claiming now, they just came out this morning, they're now claiming that he was supposedly cleared. Cleared by who? Cleared by who? Because abdominal surgeries take at least two to three months. So he was cleared by who? That's, no, that's ridiculous, bro. That's ridiculous. I don't like that. Wiseman goes back to Golden State? If the trade does not that's go what through, I'm finna ask everybody, everybody goes back to where they originally came from. It is null and void. It's done. There's no trade between those four teams, and that is wild. Because now four teams are going to be out of something because Portland was so negligent and careless. So this is what I want to post to y'all real quick. You are Bob Myers at the Golden State. And your your whole motivation to get this trade done was to clear so that you don't have to pay all that luxury tax. Do you want hey, you know what? We'll take Gary Payton, we'll rehab three months. We only need him for the playoffs. Or two, did you just go ahead and take that that big tax bill and say, come on, bring Wiseman back? What because they got till tomorrow. Y'all know this is coming out on Monday, but y'all got till tomorrow on Sunday. Personally, I'm I'm taking Peyton. I'm taking Peyton. I'm letting him rehab. I'm letting him get healthy. He knows their system. He knows how to play with Clay and Steph. He knows the ins and outs. I mean, he's he's a great athlete. He's good at what he does. So it's it's not on him what Portland did to him. Portland was wrong. And I feel like if there is a team that's going to let him rehab, it's going to be Golden State just because he's been there before. Yeah, and you can't bring Wiseman back into that locker room either. You can't bring him back in there after after they've just – your coach turned on you, the team turned on you, the owner turned on you. Like, you can't bring him back in there. Yeah, I'm, I'm with y'all. I don't even know why they're debating and taking as long to even make the decision. By Monday, which they, y'all would have known the decision, but – I don't even know why it took this long. Just bring bring Gary Payton in his in his in his torn muscle to Golden State. Just just go ahead and knock it out. Yeah. But Nicole, we appreciate you updating us with all those trades. Uh it was a busy deadline this year for sure. Uh some teams got better. Um, you know, one of the marginal moves that popped up, but some teams did get better. Um, it was an exciting deadline to see, you know, all the movement that went on. That's what's going to kind of lead us into our first, you know, Luke, you alluded to when we first popped on, and Nicole, you talked about it in the news. The Memphis Grizzlies, they did make a move on Thursday at the deadline. And, um, you know, a lot of people, they had their, their thoughts, saved our thoughts for the total next topic. But for the first one, we just want to kind of delve in, and I want to get y'all opinion. Like, bringing one of the top ten, they say it could be even top five, to a team that with shooting like that's been a, a, a definitely a hole in our hole for us the whole season is shooting whether from the three point line or from the free throw line. Um, but bringing in a top caliber man, just talk about y'all, y'all's excitement for bringing him into the fold and what you saw him being able to do for this as far as taking them to the next level. All right, I, I'm so excited for him because so like if we're not gonna get which it sounds like Kleiman did everything within his power to to get Bridges, to get Anobi. It sounds like he tried 
and they just they were screwing off for whatever reason like if you couldn't get those guys this is exactly the kind of player that you need to bring into this team because he's going to replace the con i'm assuming he's going to get the con chart minutes uh, i'm assuming he's going to end up getting those minutes in the playoff rotation eventually so i'm going to compare the two of their shooting percentages this season all over the place so here's conchar in the restricted area area he's shooting 64.1 percent in the paint he's shooting 23.8 percent mid-range 11.1 left corner three 42.5 right corner three 29 corner threes in general 36.6 above the break three 35.9 here's canard Restricted area, 50%. In the paint, 51.6%. Mid-range, 46.2%. Left corner three, 46.7%. Right corner three, 58.3%. Corner threes, 51.9%. Above the break three, 43.3%. Like, if you, he eclipses Conchar shooting in every possible way. Is he less of a defensive player? Yes, but... That's not what you need from your backup to guard spot on the bench. You don't need it because you can make up for it with Dylan's defense in those lineups, with Bain's defense in those lineups, with Jaron's defense in those lineups. Like it's, it, it's, it just, if we can just take Conchar out, put Kennard in, which I'm imagining they're going to do, it's going to do so much for this team. And then, and then your playoff rotation is jaw. Dylan, Bain, Tripp, Steve-O, Santi, Tyus, BC, Kennard. That's your nine playoff guys. And then you have Roddy, you have Z, you have these other guys you can throw in if you need to. But that is a, that's a potent offensive combination and a potent defensive combination because you got two of the best three-point shooters in the league in Kennard and Bain. So you've got a three-point presence on your starting lineup and your bench. And then you've got Tripp still doing his thing. Dylan's still doing his thing. Like, it's just, I, it's, if Kleiman couldn't get the big prize, he did exactly what he needed to. Uh, I agree with Luke. His his shooting is phenomenal compared to what we have on the bench. Hmm. And that's saying, yeah. Anyways, um, uh, his shooting is phenomenal. He's definitely getting those Conchar minutes. I don't care. He's getting them. Um. For me, his free throw shooting is something that is very valuable. Since he's been in the league, he's the lowest he shot is 83%, and he's shooting 95% this season from free throws. And he's made 19 out of 20 free throws. And not only that, like, it's just him coming, like, basically straight from the airport to the forum to be with the team. Uh, really spoke volumes and Josh said that he was all smiles and you know he was ready to be there and he's such a team dude so um I really really love that I was just really impressed with the free throw percentage so for me that's something that we struggle with and we need all the help we can get but I'm looking yeah, forward I feel like to I'm, I'm looking numbers, forward to just making what else great that makes him the best free throw shooter on the team, right? Like, good God, that's yes. incredible. The entire team, Luke, I, I averaged it out. The entire team as a whole is shooting 71.9% from free throws. Luke Kennard by himself is shooting 95. 
Yeah, I mean, that's that's huge. I look at it two different ways. Number one, if it's at the end of a game, the other team, they're going to be just – they choose to foul him because he's down. Um, the thing that I'm worried about is this, you know, how good that they try to stay away from fouling him um, because they know it's pretty much automatic to go in. I, like, I don't know what Steph Curry's three-point percentage – I mean, not three percentages, but I'm pretty sure it got to be close in the vicinity. So uh, you barely ever when I'm watching him live on TV, ever see do miss. So I'm like, you know, you know, I'm super excited to see our minutes. I think that country played almost 28 minutes. You throw those at Luke Kennard. Yes, we won the game, but it just changes the offense. Um, you know, we, we've been in on Jenkins all out just making certain adjustments to the offense, um, calls, getting the ball to the people that need to have the ball in it. But having the shooting splits that he has almost can add in other plays into your offense, like, you know, whether it be curl down in the mid-range for him to hit. Um, obviously, we know he's going to knock down those wide-open threes. I'm not worried about that at all. Just being a weapon. Like, we talk this podcast a lot. We needed weapons on this team. And Luke Kennard was not being utilized in Los Angeles. I don't understand that, Ty Lue. Um, But thank you, because you get it for sure. So I'm super excited. Um, yes, we didn't, you know, get the big move that we were all hoping for. But Luke Kennard is going to be a hell of a pickup for us and going into the playoffs with the way that Santi has emerged this year already in the constant that he is able to keep that second unit afloat and you throw him in there it's, it's gonna be a match you got Luke. I mean, let's look at last night's game for example um okay. they won by 21 so you've got you've got jaron job ja, bain you know 20 points 32 points 15 points you know the top three scores you got bc and santi off the bench with 14 and 18 Conchar played 27 minutes, took one shot, like, and had three points. Like, if you just, if you put any kind of offensive production in those 27 minutes, we could have beat him by 30, 40. Like, like the, the potential, just having the extra offensive potential, like having that extra tool in your tool belt is just like so beneficial. And it's going to be super yeah. beneficial come playoff time when our second unit just kind of looks one dimensional and you can't really, there's nothing that you can do. It's so easy to scheme against that. Right. And the last and thing that I like want to throw out about Kennard is that a lot of people forget that Desmond Bain runs with his second unit along with Ja right at the end of the fourth until the starters come in. So if they're trying to foul someone for free throws and it's that close, you you're kind of like tough luck. You're either going to have to foul Ja, who's been exceptional at the free throw line. You're going to have to foul Luke Kennard, who's 95%, or Desmond Bain, who's like 91%. And then you got Tyus Jones, who is also mm -hmm. very decent at free throws. So if Taylor Jenkins knows what's good for him, sometimes that small ball lineup might be the best option because you got to put your best free throw shooters out there. And then plus a big man like a Jaron or a Steven Adams or just keep – keep them in constant rotation. Like that's something that Taylor Jenkins is going to have to now think about. A hundred percent. I, the only thing I, I can't say I'm worth, 
he's gonna get so many open looks that if he don't take them, it's just almost like, what are you? But um, I remember it was a video that came out. Um, it was going around, I guess, around him. But I mean, I drafted him. We traded for him because everybody was so excited. Uh, but it was a video with Ty Lu. He was talking about how basically Luke, a literally top two, top three shooter across the board in the NBA. It would be, you know, you couldn't dispute it at all if he took more shots. He's just not as aggressive as those top shooters, quote unquote, that we deem top shooters in the league. He said he's not in shooting the ball as them. And so that was my only thing. Like, you know, is he going to get to a point where he's not just going to go out and shoot the ball like he should? I think that being on a team that that mantra for the last four years has been let that MF fly, you know. Hey, bro, again, putting you in the spot where these other guys, if we letting everybody else let that MF fly, if we can let Dylan Brooks that <laughs> shooting less than whatever percentage that he's shooting right now, I don't even want to check. Um, but, yeah, if we letting everybody else let it fly, you should be the one that let it fly into the gym. So, um, and you give him, that, you give him a week playing with Jaw. Give him a week playing with Jaw. Exactly. Jaw will be like, bro, you got to start shoot more, shoot more. Yep, yep. And it might be contagious. I know Jaw was joking last night how he was taking shots, taking threes because you know, Luke came and he don't want him to film. And Dad said the same thing that he want to catch him in percentage. I mean, energy is real. You can pass, and then if you got good energy on that basketball when you pass it, you know, we could see a lot of different, you know, we could see our shoe numbers go up for sure. So that's oh, what yeah. leads me to this next this next topic, man. Um, as far as the deadline as a whole, and I know y'all touched it on here uh, when y'all started talking about Luke, but it was reported that, well, number one, let me start with this. The Danny, uh, the, we sent Danny Green in three seconds sent to get Luke. That was almost like a free pickup for us. Um, and they even, you know, initially, but they ended up sending us a second back. I don't know. That. It's like, why not just send y'all two seconds and be done with it? Uh, but we sent them three and we got one back. I ain't mad at them. I'll take it. Um, so we, 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 it was, we, we really didn't lose anything to pick up Luke. We still have and had other assets to be used. And so, um, you know, so it was reported that we were aggressive in, you know, getting OG Ananobi. We were trying to get Mikael Bridges. I'm pretty sure it was some other guys on that list, especially from the Nets. They have a bunch of wings that I feel like really we could just take our pick with one of them and it would have boosted this team up without having to go for the big fish. But we were aggressive, you know, four picks for Mikael, which I kind of felt like it was us when it was anonymous yesterday uh, on Friday. But the report came out Saturday saying that um, it was the Grizzlies, in fact, the one that offered four. Came out almost immediately the next day that we were the one that offered three for OG and Anobi. So they were aggressive. They were trying to, you know, bolster this squad. But Zach Kleiman in his presser, he came up and said that Dylan Brooks wasn't shot. Now, now, if you've been paying a team like we do, you understand how contracts and, and a lot of us guess immediately because, and, and this is no bluffness on this side, I understand how to say that kind of like what we were talking about earlier. You almost have to just say, go ahead and go to Detroit because bringing you back is going to But you have to come out and say that you wasn't shopping Dylan Brooks. But we all know to make the money work to bring one of those Brooks 
was a hundred percent involved in them talks and words mean things. So he maybe wasn't dangling Dylan Brooks. Ever. He's been in the worst slump of his career. So you can't dangle something like that. Instead, if you dangling it, he was a hundred percent involved in trade talks. Like, let's just keep it honest. <laughs> well, um, if, you're, if you're not trading him, you're being stupid because his, he, you're not extending him. So like, yeah, you either trade him or you let him walk for nothing. So like, it's just you have to say that, but dumb. Yeah, yeah. Um, he further. was he was very much involved in the ones for Kevin Durant, the the recent ones for Kevin Durant. He was very much involved in those. Well, he has to. Like I said, anybody that follows his team, like not not a casual fan, but like you're invested, like we are. You know what these guys are making money wise. You know that you just can't throw out a name and say. Oh, I would love to go get Kevin Durant for Xavier Tillman, John Conchar, and Zaire Williams. Like we all would, but that's just not humanly possible. It does not work. You have to include with these big pieces because contracts. Now you can throw out Ty's Jones. Yes. But even looking at it from a common sense standpoint, why in the world would you bring in another big wing and still keep dealing with Brooks? Like the fit doesn't matter. The money doesn't work without adding him in. It's just a lot of stuff. Like you said, look, even the contract thing, it, it does not make sense. And I'll call BS on Zach Climate, but we appreciate you, you know, uh, at least trying. So what's y'all thoughts on that? Because a lot of us, because we didn't hear uh, until after that, that they were, you know, actually going to be, uh, they apparently were. Uh, we did hear in the summer, Kevin Durant, but it was only, you know, they only wanted Desmond or Jaron back, and we gave him a hard no immediately. But just the fact that we know 100% now that this front office is committed to improving this and they don't care about the picks, they are team after. What's y'all thoughts on that, Nicole? I'm going to roll with you. Um, just in, with this team going in the direction of actually being championship ready, mindset-wise, what's your thoughts on that? Um, I've been team F them picks from the jump. I just feel like, I mean, whatever is going to make it work, I'm always a team first type of person. Um, I'm like that with the NFL as well. It's just whatever is going to make my team better, make them more competitive, make them have a chance to actually win and get a ring on their finger. Um, But as far as Dylan, like, the thing that I read was when we were trying to acquire him over the summer – and the past few weeks um, from Brooklyn was that the only three players that were off of the table were, were John Morant, Desmond Bain, and Jaron Jackson Jr. Do with that what y'all will. My thing is, if you're if you're the Brooklyn wing stops, that's what I'm calling them now because they have so many wings. The Brooklyn wing stop. If you're them, <laughs> and someone offers you four first round picks. For somebody, I don't understand. I, and I'm talking about Mikael Bridges. I, I get the KD thing, you know, because he he wanted to go somewhere and he had a say in where he wanted to go. But if if someone is offering me four first-round picks for Mikael Bridges, I don't know why they didn't say no, unless they truly think that he is, like, the cornerstone for that team moving forward. They are but truly I, trying to build around him, Luke, is what uh, Joe Sai said. That's silly. Like take four first round picks, take them. Like I don't, I don't know. 
that one made me mad when, it, when I found out when Mikel Bridges became available. I I like pooped my pants because I didn't see that coming, and I was like, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> yeah, like team F them picks hard, like four. I mean, it, it, it's like Kleiman Big clearly time. doesn't care. He traded like the, the seconds he gave for Luke Kennard. I guarantee you, two of them were from Toronto and Minnesota. They weren't even ours. You know, they're ones that we got in trades. Like we have so many. He's just like take them. Yeah, man. Like. I t- like to imagine that the Brooklyn Nets were against getting almost 10 first round picks for KD and and Kyrie is almost that y'all said no to that. Because you're talking about going into a full rebuild, like you call them the, the Brooklyn wing stop. They have enough wings. Like I'm serious. Dorian Finney Smith is almost a perfect role player to put in any defense on any team in the NBA. That's looking for a small forward yeah. that I can hit open threes, play defense on the best teams, uh, on the team's best player. So if it's me, I'm gonna say, okay, this is the three that I want. Yes, Mikael Bridges is probably a hundred percent more talented, but for what I'm paying him and what I can get in return for him, um, I'll see when you come, you know, on a road game or whatever team I trade you to because picks that I can either one consolidate or two I get so many chances on bringing in a superstar and three we're probably not going to be as great with losing boosting our chances to get a better pick like yeah they don't really pass the common sense testing they hurt their chances of getting four picks in the summer because now it's like I mean you get two at that point uh, it was a was a real odd one, and I'm not saying they didn't go after him. They very well could have, but I don't understand why you need both of them on top of all the other wings. So, you know, even giving up two firsts for him, I think, would have been great. But, again, he's not going to come out and tell us exactly every move make, which I know for us diehards, we want to know that information. But we didn't bring him in, so it don't matter. Um I really, 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 really would have find some type of deal to move Dylan because losing him for nothing at the end of the year is going to really suck. And the best case point is to do a sign and trade, you know, get him to another team. But if he don't pick it up, man, like I know a lot of people, you know, thought, who was that that said that last week? Um, remember if it was Matt Barnes or it was some NBA vet, but they were basically saying that, Dylan Brooks, he has to bring the edge and the greediness that he brings, all the antics, all the antics and stuff. Because if he doesn't bring that, he may not be in the league in three years. And I kind of agree. Mm. Because if he's playing the way right now and the dirty stuff, and 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 I have thoughts on that. But if you're not producing, bro, none of that really matters. You know, people putting up with Kyrie stuff because he's one of the most beautiful things we ever seen. NBA, but if you're not bringing anything on the floor outside, like that's really true. So I don't know what his market will be, you know, in the summer and we got in trades. So that was my disappointment. Was anything else, I guess, disappointment wise or just overall grades that y'all give the Grizzlies um, for the trade deadline? I, I think you just brought up a really good point, Chris, with the uh, like that the enforcer role in the NBA, like people don't put up with that shit anymore unless you produce like it, it worked for Bill Lambeer. I mean, like it, it works for some of these guys, it works for Oakley, but like those guys are legends and 
Dylan Brooks ain't there yet. You know, like he's, it almost makes his situation more frustrating now because I don't know, like losing him for nothing would suck. Is he going to, is he going to, I mean, he's not going to not try, but like, is he going to keep on this slump? Like I just, the situation for him is just more muddled now too. It's just, I, I wish we would have traded him. I'm disappointed we didn't trade him just to not have to worry about it anymore, to be honest. And I hate to say that because I love Dylan, but like, it's the biggest question mark over our books, over our, over everything right now. Yeah. And before you go, Nicole, I just want to add this to it too, because I want you to respond to this as well. Even the game last night against, um, who did Jesus Christ? Um, T-Wolves. The T-Wolves. He logged 14 minutes. He only put up four shots. He hit two or four shots, you know. That percentage is great, but he only allowed 14 minutes because literally it was the dumbest fouls that I was seeing in my life. And it really didn't look like he cared. It looked like he almost mentally checked out to where, yes, he's a villain, but it almost was like he was like, okay, if it's two because of that little boost situation. And that's what I tweeted that out on my personal. I saw the, it was a cute post in, in the Grizzly Facebook and, you know, let's start a Dylan chant. Um, but I said, don't forget, y'all. He did say FF, y'all, when he walked off that court. So understand that you may be frustrated. Understand that this team and this city has been enabling you for four years. And the very first time of any malcontent that we show you, if in fact it was Grizzly fans that were at the game reported that it was probably a lot of Bulls fans that was actually booing him. Time that they openly, openly and publicly show discontent with you and that's the route that you take out that and so to see just his 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 money the six fouls silly fouls and it didn't even care i was like man i don't know i hope he fixes his value for himself but i mean if he want to continue down his road i just don't see the value in it so nicole i want to throw that in there as well because you know it's a part of it too so for me personally at the end of the day Dylan is going to do what Dylan is going to do. And the Grizzlies front office are going to feel like they're going to do what's best for this team. So if that means moving on from Dylan, fine. That means letting him walk, fine. That means not signing him to an extension this summer, fine. Like, they have shown that they're aggressive. They've shown that they're trying to address the needs that we have with what they got. So for me, it, it is what it is. I mean, I can't can't say it no more cookie cutter than that. Like, I love Dylan, but it is what it is. If your value is hurting the team more than it's helping the team and the front office feels like you need to go, then you need to go. And that's my whole take on it. Tomorrow's game is going to be big for him against the Celtics. Like, just like how how he plays, how how he fouls. Like, it's it's going to be it's going to be telling how he decides to play. Yeah, you're right. Tomorrow's huge. It's national TV before the Super uh, playing one of the best wins in the league and Jason Tatum. You can redeem yourself, but, you know, it's, it's totally, totally up to you at that day. If it ended up, um, go ahead, Luke, my bad. I was just going to ask, do y'all think we, anybody on the buyout market that Kleiman will show interest in? No, Zach well, Kleiman said he's not doing the buyout market. Did it? Okay. Well, the problem, we don't have any room to drop. 
Oh, that's true. So, we didn't because yeah. no one went out. That's true. That was another thing, and I'm glad you brought that up. That was my only other gripe that I had about the deadline was not attaching another player into any – even if it was a three dunk, like I don't have any feelings about Conchar at all. Like I love him, but I'm not going to beat up on him either with his bad play. We love GD over here. But if you can literally just do a mm-hmm. salary dunk for him, like literally give a team a pick or two or two and just say, hey, here's his salary for us. I was hoping they would do that. The fact that it will open up a roster spot for us to pick up somebody in the buyout market. But like Nicole said, when in his press conference, when he came out and said it, I was like, that means it's not that he's not going to dibble and dabble in the buyout market. It means that he's not going to release somebody. <laughs> he ain't cut nobody. And, uh, it's unfortunate because when you look at Will Barton being reported, when you look at Terrence Ross being reported, uh, um, Patrick the Beverly. That, that's it. <laughs> Did you say Patrick I know Beverly? People... <laughs> I will walk out. I will get out of this chair and walk out right now. Oh, man. He going to celebrate a first playoff win like he won a championship again, man. <laughs> but um, – it would it would be interesting. I wish we had to open up a you know a spot to just at least see what's available. Going into the playoff, we couldn't do anything much outside of Luke and Market, but it is you know we're gonna see what we got. I told y'all that if we didn't do something major, Luke is still gonna be you know a major piece down the line. Then you know it's not being reported on right now. Um, I was just calmed down with this stuff, and I think we got enough to get there. But if we don't, I'm not upset either. So, whatever happens, happens. And then I'm just looking forward to the offseason to see what we do to bolster up this roster. But as always, go Grizz, man. Can I, can I add one more thing, Chris? Absolutely. We were just talking about like what discouraged us with Kleiman. What encouraged me was just that he did something. Because yep. I woke up, I woke up in the morning and KD had been traded, and then everybody else behind us in the standings had gotten better. Like, you know, and and I, to, if he didn't do anything and just sat pat, I would have been so disappointed and yep. confused. But he didn't, and it's just very encouraging. And then to hear these stories about like offering four first round picks, three first round picks, it's just, it's. He's a, the exec of the year for a reason, and it's nice to have that reaffirmed. Yep, one hundred percent. So last to the All Star break. Uh, um, last night played Wolves. It was a sign for sure um, from what you saw on the basketball court. You started to see them play with joy again, which is component for me uh, when they start to beat them. When when they are beating up. Dealing with whatever they're dealing with, and you start to see, you know, it come out on the court. And so, what do y'all think, Luke? I'm gonna end this one on you. Uh, what do y'all think they need to do coming out of the All Star break to basically just know they're ready to compete? What do you want to see from the team? Uh, what do you want to see as far as rotations? Um, just as a whole, what do you think they need to focus on? Maybe two to three things. Um, going into the playoffs to say, okay, we're ready to actually compete this year. I, I think, I mean, obviously the the implementation of Kennard is is going to be huge, but I also think the continued. I think Santi Aldama is going to be a very, very, very key piece in this 
playoff rotation once we get there. And I mean, last night he was 18 points off the bench. You know, like I, I think that in 20 minutes, like I think, I think what we see with the bench rotations is going to, cause I'm not worried about our starters. You know, I feel really good about our, about our first five guys in a playoff series, but if we can really, really, you know, get, get that good mojo going back on the bench again, you know, like Santi, gets his confidence, never lets go, slamming on everybody, you know, BC catching lobs, Kennard just burying you from deep. Like if we can, if we can really get our bench mob, like tightened up, like get that bench rotation out. I will feel very, very good. Nicole, how you feeling going into coming out of the uh, all-star break? Um, Pretty much the same as Luke. I just don't want them to get back in that mental slump. So I need them to keep their minds and their bodies um, as clean as possible. Um, just make sure you're taking care of yourself. That is my only ask. That is my only wish is that the team is physically and mentally taking care of themselves because energy does reciprocate from one another. And when one of them gets down, another one going to get down. And then when he has a problem, the next one is going to have a problem. And then all of this is just going to keep spreading. So for me, I just need them to keep the energy and just keep their mind clear. Like trade deadline is gone. Mute, mute social media, delete social media apps off of your phone. If you have to delete the outside world, if you have to, if that's what it takes to tap in and take care of your mental, that is all I ask from the Grizzlies. Cause if they take care of their mental and their physical, Coming out of All-Star Week, they're going to be fine. So, for me, that's what it is. It's just taking care of their mental and their body. Yeah, I got three written down, but I'm a, I guess I'm going to say I got four because I want to harp on what, what you said as well. Um, just the outside noise has to stop affecting them. And you got to understand, like, Golden State, they are hated by a lot of people on a lot. Yes, their fan got probably the weirdest – fan base in the world but mm -hmm. a lot of people hate them because they are the, they've been the dynasty of our time you know at this point so um take notes from them in that aspect uh i know last night was asked about dylan getting those you know claps and stuff when he went to the free throw line in the first and his first comment was i wonder what changed like bro you gotta stop taking everything personally Personally, because a lot I would percent of this fan base is riding with y'all no matter what. Don't let them little 30 people, if that amount, even if it was that amount, that rightfully so, if they wanted to, they paid to come into that game. They didn't, you know, disrespect him. They didn't throw something at him. They didn't try to approach him. Uh, let them do what they're going to do, but don't let, you know, tank your focus and tank your outlook on the rest of this city and this fan base because we love y'all. Uh, so yeah, just like you said, keep the main thing the main thing, and, and let all that outside noise and all that stuff that don't matter, bro. Like, like don't let don't let that affect you on the court. Uh, my my top three out of that is going to be to get more Jared and Santi Bennett. I'm loving seeing that. Uh, I'm for that for a while, and I think that you know, Dez, that he was a guest on here, and he's a big speaker in the Grizzly spaces. He said that you know Taylor Jenkins has a game to game or a couple week delay on some of his adjustments. I think he's finally starting to see 
that it's a successful, you know, tandem between them. And we see, and so you just got to, you know, get them more. Um, making Jaron the focal point of the offense more. I loved hearing the report that Jaron, I mean, not Jaron, said it. Like we've been saying, John, why don't you get him involved? But for, to hear him actually say, okay, if you're saying that, it's got to be a focus now. And we saw that last game. And so he has to be the focal point. That's going to open it up for Jaws and Luke going forward. Last but not least, for me, Roddy is the team. Let's stop playing. Um, we know that we know who the top four is coming off the base Luke, uh, Santi, and BC. I love Z, but right now, with the show last night and for the last really for the last two months, those men, the 10th the man, men is deserve to go to him. And I'm really excited to see about Dead. After his rookie year, you know, off season and going in summer league, seeing him take the leap, we were very excited last year about Zaire going into the off season. I won. I, I want Jake to improve a hundred percent, but I'm looking at Roddy. That's the one I want to have the ball in his hands in the summer league because that guy's gonna be a player for us. And worst case scenario, y'all, if we don't make a crazy big move, as long as we can make some around the margin, this team. I told y'all, I think Roddy is the DB replacement of the future if we don't make a big move. And so, yeah, get that man involved as much playing him. And, uh, yeah, him, he's 10th man. Conchar and, and Zaire and the rest of them guys are emergency only at this point. So um, that's what I see. Uh, Torster or in, any last thoughts on, you know, coming out of all-star break for y'all? I, I agree with you on the Roddy thing, man. Like, he he – he he it feels like he knows he's better than those other guys too like you can yeah. see like when he's sitting on the bench like just the way that he watches the game like he you he's hungry he he can tell he wants to be out there and like i i'm with you man like i mean i don't know what's going on with z i love him but he's getting outscored by a lot of people even on the g league game he goes down there you know like i he's he's yeah. still got to find it again and i just roddy just is the better basketball player than conchar like he's and he's got more like he's got more X factor. Like I just trust like he could he brings more variance to the table than those other guys. Energy too. Like we talk about again, I hate yeah. to bring it up, but DB is the one that we always point to as Fuji. Roddy's got energy. Like you said, he's he's got that he's a rookie right now, but I think the more longer that he's around these guys and just that already it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna catch on to the team as well you know so i i love it again we joke with nate because look at santi like santi's feeling yep. himself you that's another one that's another big one we don't talk about it's 50 right santi is a dog so yeah it's like it's like what me. nicole was saying when these guys are feeding off of each other and they're you can't stop them. Like they love playing. They love each other and they love playing with each other. And when the energy and the vibes are all positive in that, good luck. Like, cause they know they're good too. Like, good luck. Good luck. Yep. Yeah. Man, y'all go to the strip club or something. Y'all break. Y'all go have some fun <laughs> together. <laughs> Q and job house and go to the strip club. Y'all uh, release over this all-star break. Relax. Have some fun 
and to handle business at the end of the second half with 25 games left. So uh, predictions, we're going to do a little bit different. We're going to do the next two games, actually throw a third as well. Uh, but I want to get y'all prediction as far as the record coming out of well. So um, first, let's start upcoming week. We got the Celtics. Celtics on Sunday. So again, when it's parked out, y'all are already seen this game. We had a Jazz at home, and then we went off for the All-Star break. But I threw Team LeBron versus Team Giannis. Now, Jaheim LeBron because he is – well, I, you know what? Actually, that's not true. I forgot they pulled him from what team he's going to be on. So, oh, yeah, they're, they're picking live, right? That's a dumb question now. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot they can pick from either side. My bad. We'll, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're we can we're still choose teams. Man, let's, let's okay. Choose. Uh, cool. Cool, cool, cool. So what y'all got? Sip in the All-Star game. Who y'all got winning? What's the record? Uh, most exciting matchup, I guess you can say, um, from this coming week? 2-0. and oh. Most exciting matchup is going to be against Boston. Uh, that's going to be interesting Considering what someone said, I'm not going to address it or say no names. But considering what somebody said, it's going to be very interesting. But if they keep the same energy that they have, there's no reason why we should not be able to beat Boston in Utah. And as far as Team LeBron or Team Giannis, you got to go with the King, bro. You got to go with LeBron. Yeah, I'm I'm going to parrot everything Nicole just said. Like, Two dubs, I think, is as much as a game can be a must win on, on like prime time. Like, you know, like it's, we're, we got to win one of these games on prime time at one point, you know, like again, like we keep getting them, we keep getting embarrassed. Like, we got to shut them, we got to shut everybody up and win one of these games. And I think, like Nicole was saying, if they can keep the energy, keep it going, I, I, tomorrow could be a statement game, you know, like they've, we've been doing our best to keep football out of the talk of the week with the trade deadline and LeBron beating yeah. the record, you know, like it, maybe jaw wants to continue that, like shut them up tonight. I'm going to put on a show and beat Boston, you know? Yeah. And King, I, I'm going to pick team James. Yeah. Just can't bet against him. Yeah. I think Giannis came out and said he tired of losing LeBron in these all-star games. So yeah, I'm going <laughs> to go with LeBron too. <laughs> They don't call him Le GM for no reason. That dude, he know how to pick a team for the most part. So, yes. um, I don't know if he can pick a coach, but he can pick a team for sure. <laughs> That's always been my knock, not knock on him. It ain't his fault. But, like, if you would have given LeBron the the type of coach that Kobe <laughs> and Jordan had, I think the whole Kobe-Jordan-LeBron debate in the rings thing is totally different. Like, you put – I love Eric Spoelstra. He's been in the league for a long time. But you give Eric Spoelstra to Kobe or to Jordan and the mouths that they had, the attitudes that they had, I don't think he lasts. David Blatt doesn't last. Mike Brown doesn't last. Um, the, oh, uh, Spoelstra's the, the only he, one of them that's like – it's the only one that I would go to bat for. The rest of them are like, eh, no shade. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, he, he's one in spite of. You know, so shout out to LeBron. I think he's going to definitely take home the crown. And I think if he's smart, his first pick is going to be Ja. So I think Ja going to go for that MVP this year. If he's smart, forget Jokic, forget Embiid. 
ain't work. Yeah, go with Ja. You need to play with him. Um, as far as the 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 the, the Grizzly games, I, I'm with y'all. I think we go two and zero. I think they tired. Like, I want to say we have split almost on our national TV games this year. It feel like we lost every single one, but we've actually been close to a split, if not a direct split. So I think they know that coming out of the funk, coming out of the slump, and just trying to turn over a new leaf. I'm hoping and praying that Luke is good to go and clear all paperwork and stuff like that. And um, I think it's going to open up. Jalen Brown's not playing either. So that's the key component. So um, I think we come out, make a statement on that one right before the Super Bowl. And then the Jazz, (laughs) I would love to see Russ play with them because I think that's going to make them even worse. But (laughs) I think we beat them too. So 2-0, I think Ja Morant goes 3-0 for the week including the all-star game. And then for the last 25 games, let's get spicy. What y'all think the record is going to be for the last 25 after the all-star break? I'm not even going to look at the schedule. I'm going to just throw out a number, 18 and 7. I like it. We got big energy over here. We play a lot of West teams. Like, we play, I think, the Lakers two or three times. We play the Mavericks three times. I think we play the Nuggets twice. We may play the Hawks twice. Uh, I know they're in the East, but like the teams that we play, we play them. We play them like a lot in this last twenty-five. Matter of fact, we play the Houston Rockets back to back. Like we play them at home two times in a week. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you. What you thinking, Luke? I'm counting real fast. <laughs> I'm gonna say what you Nicole? Did you say eighteen seven? I said 18 and 7. I'm just throwing a number out there because guess what? It don't matter who owns that damn schedule. They got to see Memphis. That's true. I'm going to say 17 and 8. 17 8. Okay. 17 8. I'm going to be. We got a couple easy ones. We got Houston two or three times. Got the Magic. A couple easy ones. Spurs a couple times. Yeah, it was a tweet that went out, and I'm going to see if I can find it real, real quick. Um, But it was basically breaking down what the other teams in the West needed to get to basically, you know, close in on the top three seeds. Uh, Let me see. Can I find it? All right, so to only finish with 30 losses, Sacramento needs to go 19-6. and Dallas needs to go 21 and 4. Phoenix needs to go 21 and 3. And the Clippers need to go 21 and 2. Damn. That's going to be kind of hard for those teams to do that. And so with us sitting where we are right now in the West, we are currently 34 and 12. So we basically for us to have 30 losses, we can only lose 9 games uh for the rest of the year. So uh, I'm which I I'm gonna go with you, Luke. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say 17 and eight coming out of the break because again we we say two and zero coming out these these next two games, but we we really don't know what's gonna happen. So to be safe, I'm gonna say 17 and eight just in case we split one of these two, and then that puts us at 30 losses. We solidify our second spot for the rest of the year, um, and uh, possibly playing the Warriors in the first round. <laughs> As it stands right now. So, 
it, how this Before Dallas thing works out, man. We, we played Dallas three times after the All Star All Star break. How, how that shakes out, I think will 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 could be pretty. Dallas beneficial ain't got us. no defense now. They ain't got Finney. They ain't got no defense. I ain't worried about them. <laughs> man, a, a very underrated thing that I have been seeing, like people talking about the defense and everything like that. Luca is used to being the only ball handler. Like he just mm-hmm. lost Spencer Dinwiddie, but Spencer he he did a lot of off ball stuff down there. Him having to share the ball with Kyrie, I think is going to be an issue. So you you take away the defense and you throw that in there too. Not not against us. I ain't worried about it. That's but asking me, to be exploited because dudes like John Moran and Tyus Jones they love exploiting ball mishandling, especially Tyus. Like, if you sit there yep. and watch him, he waits for that moment to snatch that ball no matter where it's coming from. Tyus Jones is a ball hawk. So if he's yep. on the court with those two, he's going to take advantage every time. 100%. Right now, what's y'all – and we we almost at an hour. This is the last thing I want to ask y'all. Right now, with the way that the West is looking as far as standings, like I said, right now we're, we're tied up with the Warriors. If it was to start tomorrow tomorrow – barring no play in what team that's in that range right now are y'all hoping that the grid is pulled first round i know it don't matter because we got to play the best of the best no matter what the west did get better but who are y'all pulling for us to play and pull in that first round right now clippers golden state so you just want to get it over with huh you like she you wants know what it, yeah just- she's ready for it <laughs> I want my lick back. The thing is, I want Golden State fans to feel how we felt last last playoff series. I want us to just rip every single shred of hope out of their tiny little bodies and their hearts and just rip it to pieces right in front of them. That's what I want. Mm. Just nasty. What you got, Luke? <laughs> Clippers, man. I, I want to – I think – Kings, Mavs, Suns, Clippers, they're all sitting there right around 31 wins. I think one of them is going to fall. Maybe two of them. I think like maybe Dallas and the Clippers will fall and you'll have the Warriors and the Suns jump. So I I could see one of those teams being in the play-in and I'd rather have the Clippers than have the Lakers. I'm with you. Because I, I just don't want, yeah. I don't want the Lakers. I don't want them. I don't. Let somebody let somebody else get somebody else to do it. I don't want it. I, nope. <laughs> I, they, they, I don't know what they got better kind of everywhere. And I don't, I don't want to, I don't want LeBron. I don't want him. Don't want to do, don't want to deal with it. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, man. I'm with you. The Dallas thing, I guess that, that what, what I, if I'm them, I'm hoping Luca not stays injured, but I just, I, if I'm them, I'm hoping he just takes his time on coming back. Because they are playing well with Kyrie, like he—that's the perfect offense for him right now. They play again tonight, but yeah, man, you bring them back, <laughs> and I can't wait for the memes to start flying because the first time that Luca cusses or yells at Kyrie, or or Kyrie <laughs> coming in with a dashiki on or start talking that flat Earth stuff to Luca, like this gonna be a hot mess, y'all. I I I, I am. That's when it's really gonna get real. I- yes. Mark Cuban is going to be like, you know you have to take a boat to get where I'm from. You you won't fall off the earth, man. I'm over there. 
Man, I love Kyrie, but this is this is gonna be hilarious, man. I swear. Mark Cuban is an amazing businessman. But if this was on Shark Tank and he pulled this deal on there, like bro, Kyrie leaving in the summer is a hundred percent happening. This this ain't finna work. It's not. But I'm a little to watch it. So yeah. That's all we got for y'all, man. I it, this was a blast. Um, y'all made me feel a little bit better. The more and more I got to talk on here, um, I've been walking around the house with a mask on because I don't want to get my baby girl sick. So I've been kind of on mute. So <laughs> I must like saw this this room because my wife got to work later on this evening. But um, yeah, it's been a blast, man. Just talking grits with y'all. It always is a it's a life for all of us, really. You know, no matter what's going on Hell in yeah. life. Um, you know, whether we losing, you know, as long as we playing well and seeing that joy on the court, I think I can speak for all of us Grizz fan that that brings a lot of positivity for, for, for all of us. So, um, as always, y'all be safe out there. Have a great week. And hopefully these predictions is right next time we talk to y'all. So, as always, go Grizz.